Hello, and welcome to Movies Last Night. It's good. Um, it's been almost a well. It has been a year till the day since we last podcasted. Um, that's a that's a little <laughs> green night joke for you. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I was actually kind of planning that today, and I was like, oh, I should start with a little fun joke, and it it, it wasn't very good, but at least I tried. Uh, a, li- a little uh, King Arthur joke for you. Yeah, a little uh, King Arthur knowledge. So. Um, if it's okay with you, I just wanted to uh, touch on something while we start this podcast um, in relation to this movie and also in relation to the last podcast we did, which was on M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Um, this is something yeah. I've been thinking about and also something I've been like uh, wrestling with since, uh, not only since we posted that review um, or podcast, whatever, um, and, but also since we saw the movie The Green Knight at the weekend. Um I, I was just, um, yeah, so I've been kind of wrestling with this idea um, in terms of like how we view movies and how we criticize movies. And obviously we're not mm-hmm. professional reviewers and, and neither of us are like, we're not claiming that this is like, like, you, we, you know, this is, we're hobbyists and we're friends primarily. And this uh, yeah. podcast was set up basically as an extension of what we already do, which in case anybody doesn't know is that. Eric and I, uh, for yet for a few years almost now, have been regularly going to the movies, and then just out of habit, we'd end up just hanging out in the parking lot after the movie, um, regardless of whether it was freezing cold and raining or if it was oh, yeah. 100 degrees outside and we'd have to stand in the shade. And um, just naturally, you know, we just like we discuss the movie, and like sometimes it'd be there for almost as long as the movie, just standing chatting about the movie. So this podcast is yeah. Like, was a natural development of that and then basically it, it it's it's to kind of like fill in that gap um but anyway i i was thinking about this uh pretty in depth so i know in the we were pretty critical of old um generally obviously because of the, the quality of the movie but i know also like and i think this might be an issue with me more than you eric but i was like i was kind of irritated by the differences in the text to the to the movie so obviously old was based on a source material that somebody else wrote mm-hmm. in a different medium and then was translated across um and then obviously i think i think when i looked through the that lens i, I i'm not sure how accurate my criticism of a movie should be or, or even and this is probably something you study at film school i guess or like in terms of like like uh, critiques of work obviously it's it's no surprise now that the green knight is based on a source material it's based on an english poem that dates back a long time um and it's obviously a translation or an interpretation by the director of, of this source material just like old mm-hmm. was so the question that i've been toying with and wrestling with eric is at what point when we judge somebody's work that is based on um, an original existing text do we separate the two of them you know like at, at what point are we supposed to should we judge like should we be judging this movie or movies like this based around the actual product r- regardless of where they came from um or is it natural to to t- like somehow um tie them both together or criticize one based on the other you know what i mean yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. Um, I guess it would depend on your experience with both the both materials, you know, mm-hmm. um, with with old and with the the Green Knight. I hadn't 
experience the source material obviously for old i i didn't know anything about it um and then for the green knight maybe maybe i read the poem in college but i don't i I honestly i don't remember it so um so my going into it with the i feel at least a limited uh knowledge um didn't really affect how I kind of experienced the the movie itself. I I think I think that just uh, that depends on like your your kind of personal stake in one one of the materials or the other. Yeah. You know, if you're if say we're watching a movie and you had read the book for the movie and and the book meant a lot to you or are you really kind of connected with that material? And then they present something to you on screen and it doesn't meet that expectation. I, I, I don't know that I could fault the, the movie for that, that because that's just that interpretation of it. It was, it's, it's not its purpose to be, um, so honed in on that source material uh, be it, you know, maybe there's the budget constraints or, or it's, it would be too difficult to shoot some things. It just really depends. So I've had this, I've had this kind of conversation before. Can you separate the, the art from the artist? And, um, I think that's kind of similar along those same lines. You know, there's a lot of, uh, great art out there that was produced by, horrible people <laughs> you know <laughs> but at at what point do you do you say i can appreciate this one thing with the, without appreciating another thing you know no yeah and and i agree with you um and i think it's definitely a realization that uh, like um it's something that i've come to terms with myself is that um i think going forward that now that we are becoming a bit more active in 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 this podcast and in like you know getting a little heavier with our discussions i think personally that i'm going to I'm, that's what i'm going to do i'm going to judge i'm going to start to judge things entirely based on the product that i'm given not the product yeah. in relation to how it relates to another product or not you know just solely what this is um whatever it is yeah. you know what i mean because obviously we're going to come up against this soon when june releases um which is another uh i mean oh yeah uh, which is oh, notorious yeah for being almost deemed as a book that was unfilmable or, or a, yeah. you know, a source material that was a, like incredibly difficult to translate. Um, so it's going to be interesting when we come up against that too. I obviously don't think, I mean, there's a difference between the June book, uh, which is a huge sprawling epic novel uh, based mm-hmm. around a, a short poem, you know, which is what the Green Knight was based around up, upon, yeah. upon yeah. other multiple poems. It turns out upon, investigation um so with that being said um we let let me let me touch on this okay. r- real real quick real quick because because something just kind of came to uh to my mind mm-hmm. um tarantino just released his book uh once upon a time in hollywood his novelization of the book right yeah um i didn't i didn't know if you're aware of that or not yep um so I think I'm probably going to listen to it on audio and if the book the book's going to have a little bit more fleshed out from my understanding a little bit more fleshed out or added uh scenes to it uh if that's the case and I and I think that the book is superior to that movie I don't know that it would be able to take away the impressions the initial impressions on multiple viewings of of that movie that I that I had, uh, just because the the movie's so spectacular. So, I mean, that's kind of an that's kind of an interesting question right there. It's, yeah, it's like, it is. Be, because I, I I've seen the movie first, and now I'm gonna go experience that source material. I think it just adds on. It adds on to kind of that experience now. Yeah. Where if if the reverse happens, 
say like um we'll say like game of thrones i read those books a long time ago and then the show happened and we all kind of know how that turned out um that's kind of that's kind of a similar thing right there you know i i had uh, an amazing time with those books and then the show kind of did it in for me after a certain point you know so so it's definitely it's a it's a legitimate question no totally and and what's interesting about the tarantino situation i suppose is that the 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 novel or the novelization is the movie is now the source material so the movie is the source material for the book um yeah in which case if yeah and i understand that it's it's some characters are significantly more fleshed out but with that in mind, what's interesting about that again is this has this whole other angle too. If you think about it, because he's fleshed out these characters, but whatever he's fleshed them out with, as the author of the original screenplay in the movie, the extras that he's ad- added take place actually would therefore theoretically be canon. Um, in which case, it's not it's not off it's not um, diverting from the movie it's the Mm -hmm. same story as a movie and then all of the decisions that these characters make in the movie uh when they make those decisions in the novelization it's the same thing so that's really interesting too you know what i mean in terms of Mm -hmm. like intent or like how a character would behave or how a character would act it's literally it's like symbiotic with that which i think is really interesting too um but i am curious if you do uh when you do listen to the to the novelization, um, what you think, because what could be an interesting thing to do is it could be an interesting to do a two-header with the movie and the book uh, and discuss yeah, it on a yeah. podcast episode, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, and I know that we, uh, I just mentioned this earlier, but obviously Eric and I, um, we are very prone to get into these lengthy conversations post the cinema in the parking lot right next to our cars in mm-hmm. yeah. on Saturday when we saw the green night, I actually had to bring it up because I was like, Oh crap, that's what I'm doing. Like I need to stop. Now we've got a podcast. I, I, I'm going to stop like <laughs> this, like yeah. uh, train of thought that I had. So um, you were very good at holding back and I don't think you showed me your cards. I think I was pretty <laughs> vocal about what I thought about the movie. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to let you lead it off, Eric, and just go for it. And like, Give me the give me the um the the rundown. What did you think? I thought I was um I wasn't kind of prepared for what it was, and similar to uh, similar to Pig, where like I'm expecting something going into, it and it gives me something else, which it was kind of uh, a pleasure with Pig. With this, I had I had an idea of maybe what was going to be presented, and it didn't give me that. But I not I didn't have a negative reaction to it. I just wanted something. I wanted them to go down an avenue uh, that I was more interested in, which was just a a visual story, which it definitely is. But and I think we'll probably get into this. Um, I, I know for certain we'll get into this. Uh, the, the theater experience was not like, like premium when we went to see it and it took me out of it, uh, initially. So that, that being said, it was, it was like super dark. Like the, the movie was very dark, not, not in the, um, not in like the tone or yeah. or or anything or anything like that. It's just like visually, it was mm-hmm. really dark and hard to see mm-hmm. some things. And then that mixed with the the sound, which wasn't correct, as you pointed out um, when we were talking initially. That took me out of it too. Mm-hmm. So it it came down to when I was I was focusing in on the music, which was really loud. And just the the visuals that the movie was giving me, uh, and I found that I stopped really paying attention to most of the dialogue um, because it was just so difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
my favorite part of the movie was towards the end, which there was a little, uh, almost a, almost an epilogue. It, it was kind of a, a, aside to the, to the whole narrative where there is a decision that is made and it carries out almost to the end of the movie and there is no dialogue whatsoever, but the music is telling a story and along with this amazing visual story, uh, as they're, they're kind of <coughs> symbiotic in, in their relationship as, as stuff's like mounting up and the, the action of the scene is mounting up. And that's what coming out of it. That's kind of what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I want, I, I would have much preferred to have a silent movie um, with that amazing score and those amazing visuals and what he pulled off in that like little 10, 15 minute little part really did it for me as far as, as far as the movie goes, um, because it gave me everything that I wanted, you know, um, as for the rest of it, I, I was, I'll, I'll say this. I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't really remember a lot of the source material kind of going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so some stuff I was have to, I, I was having to kind of piece together as we were going along. Uh, there was some stuff that I picked up on uh, initially as, as far as characters that I don't think you initially picked up on, which I thought was funny after we kind of talked about it, mm-hmm. which was uh, the the King Arthur character who, um, I can't remember the actor's name right now, but just he killed that performance, killed it. Oh, yeah. I thought he was amazing yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the his wife, the queen, also did an amazing job. Um the Green Knight, the the guy who kind of voiced the Green Knight, and may, maybe played him too. I'm not sure. Um, great performance. I mean, all around, really, really good performances. The Deb Patel character, the Sir Gowan, uh, solid performance. I mean, everything about this kind of screams nomination. Different nominations for me, definitely from a technical aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has it, it has it written. It's all on the screen. Um, I just think that regular audiences are going to walk into that thing. And that seems to be the theme with, with everything that we're talking about uh, for the most part, you know, like 75% of the movies that we've seen so far, it's like, okay, people are going to go see this and it's not what they're expecting. And, and I think there is going to be a large portion that are going to be disappointed because they wanted this full out action movie. And that's just not what it is. And I kind of feel like a broken record saying this over the the last couple of podcasts, but it's the truth. It seems like we're, we're, and I don't know if that is because, uh, filmmakers are, are given the right now or, or have been kind of given the keys to the kingdom in a certain way, uh, to kind of tell these different stories and they're just, they're really just kind of going for it, you know, mm-hmm. and and I, I I really applaud that. Now, is everybody else going to applaud that? I guess is that that's the question. Yeah, I, you know what I I was thinking too. So when and you're talking about like um, you're right because as somebody I've listened to our podcasts, obviously, um, unfortunately, while I've been trying to edit them, mm-hmm. um, very amateur. I'm a chili. Um, but in in the terms of like you being like, oh, I just don't know um, what people are going to think going into this. So we had that discussion with Pig. We had that with Old. We had that with this. Um, oh, we're having that with this. Um, you know what I think? I think there's... Um, so indie movie making, which would definitely be Pig in this movie, not so much Old, because I think Old's major studio. I think it's not Blumhouse. I think it's like um, Universal or one of those you went back to yeah um indie movies now specifically movies from a24 or neon um i feel like indie movies are not only like 
I feel like the 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 audiences are a more aware of them, and I feel like the it the the genre or like the the subcategory of your cinema going, it's like split now, where it feels like there was varying degrees of a budget of a movie. You know, when we were growing up, so that you had your big, huge, high dollar movies, you had your your big studio pictures too, with your, your strong leads. Um, all the way down to like your Grishams and your thrillers and then you you know what I mean? And it would go all the way down yeah. and then you would start getting into you, okay, now you've got your Miramax line of movies, you know, like in the nineties, uh, your killings always will have all of that. And then it goes right down all the way through like the the art house or the uh foreign movies. Um now I think when you go to the theater, there's two types of movie. There's Blockbuster, which is something from a franchise like Fast and the Furious or something that's very, very like high budget, and then you have Annapurna movies so you know so it's like yeah yeah we've been that whatever we would be catered to is like is all under one kind of like small umbrella now and it's so like there's like it's almost like there's two types of movies at the theaters when we're going and, and that's it there's like high high regarded uh indie movies so you've got your uh your pigs your um that movie zola um you know what i mean movies that mm-hmm. break through yeah and it's all under this one. It, there's no like separation in it because gone of the gone are those movies where you would have like um, interesting dramas made by a, a major studio with major actors. At, at least it feels like it is to me. And like if if they they are existing now, it's in this weird like substrata of like Netflix and streaming where you do get movies yeah. that would skip the theater but go in but like have interesting premises by interesting directors in like major casts uh case in point i watched mm-hmm. that amy adams movie um on netflix uh which i can't remember for the life of me um it's about that lady who has uh, agoraphobia and she it's like a rear window she sees something going across the street oh yeah yeah gary yeah. oldman's yeah. in yeah, that movie yeah like yeah. really good cast really good director it's the guy who directed um uh pride and prejudice um he did um um that um Kira Knightley movie, um, the wartime romance movie. Oh, I can't remember it. For the life of me. Too much CBD. But anyway, <laughs> that's a movie that it falls right in that category where it's like, well, why don't I get the option to see a movie like this in the theater? Like, it's not, it's not an Annapurna movie and it's not a Transformers movie. It's like a good adult thriller or a good adult drama. Like, so... When we're talking about, like, I don't know how people would, like, react to this movie, I think a lot of people who would react to this movie going in are the likes of you and I. And so when we're in the theatre and we're watching it with all those people, I feel like most of those people in that theatre with us, like, 95% of them are fully aware of what they're going into in this day and age. That, that, I, that could be the case. That could definitely be the case. Well, because, um, say, like, you know, a decade ago, you go to the movies based on either who's in it or who directed it. Now it seems like I see what you're saying. Now people are kind of band. I don't know. Bandwagoning is, is the right word, but they're kind of championing these, uh, these studios like, Oh, it's an A 24 movie. We're definitely going to go see that because we know the product we're going to get. Um, and, and, or like if it's a it's a Warner Brothers movie, oh, you know, or Universal or, you know, or the majors or something like that. Oh, you know what you're going to get because yeah. it's, you know, there there's like that safe bed in there. No, yeah. Um, because make no mistake, Eric, uh, Annapurna Movies, A24 is our Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's our um, <laughs> Disney. It is. It, it literally is. Yeah. Though. It's like, it's, you know fine well that we're going to go and see Lamb. We're pretty much going to see everything they put out in the theater. And we are. Just yeah. like we would do if we were yeah. like, you know what I mean? And now I'm not saying that I think it's... Be- I, I'm not saying that in, like, in a sense that like, I think we're highbrow, which we're not because I enjoy... The shit I watch is insane. You know what I mean? So like I'm definitely... <laughs> I just like movies. But yeah, Annapurna is Marvel for um, nerds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, like even with the A twenty four. I mean, 
people have they have a clothing line that, that i know it's so it's so strange to me i mean you you could see people walking around with a you know a a, a a24 sweatshirt and you're like oh that's you know that's that's one that's my one of my people or something like yeah, that right so it's <laughs> it, it's kind of it's kind of strange that that people have kind of chosen these uh these studios as their 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 cinematic taste in a in a way so but but at the same time you know uh, though you know they probably see you know they probably have like all the streaming services and stuff like that so so they're experiencing all that other stuff too so it, it's a, it's a it's a really it's a strange hybrid that is happening right now um that totally off topic of, of the green knight but uh but it is it is definitely something that uh i have noticed and i and i think that uh that you kind of picked up to on as well yeah totally um so to get back on topic to the movie uh <laughs> um What's funny? What were your what were your yeah. yeah? What were your impressions? Well, I'm not too proud to admit it, um, but like I, for some reason, I I I did say I do nowadays. I do kind of avoid all pre pre release hype or pre release. I I don't read reviews. I don't read up like write ups or, or like industry articles or anything like that. So I just go in. Same and, same. I mean, yeah. I I'll see I'll see a trailer and then I'll just stop at that point. Yeah, which I think is honestly the best way to do it. Um, so for me, <laughs> I watched the whole movie after, and like afterwards we were talking and then I was like, oh, that was, that, that was King Arthur. That was the round, that's the round table. There was literally <laughs> a round table in the center of the room. And for some yeah. reason, obviously, so I had, I'm not familiar with the, uh, source, source material at all, like at all, which is funny being that I'm, um, being English, like, like I said to you guys, um, the amount of pubs called the green knight or you know what i mean <laughs> the amount of pubs yeah, like so like yeah. it's, it but for me i obviously never put two and two together and then so i watched the movie through a totally crazy lens where i was just like okay what's this about <laughs> um not realizing <laughs> that it was uh anything of an adaptation at all um which is crazy because i do i have seen a lot and i actually looked this up i've i've seen a lot of um arthurian uh, legend movies and I, I you know I actually when I came home I actually googled it and I was like okay so so what have we got like we have like that recent Guy Ritchie movie the King Arthur movie um first night mm -hmm. that um uh 90s I think it was from the 90s um with uh, Sean Connery and Richard Gere um all the way to um Excalibur which I think is a John Borman movie um there's, there's so yeah. many this the sword in the stone um the Disney movie Believe it or not, Transformers, uh, The Last Night, I, I don't think you've seen it. You should never watch it. It's, it's, it's atrocious. But that has <laughs> a King Arthur uh, subplot in it too. So um, definitely this is something that I would I would eat up. And um, believe it or not, I did. I loved the movie. Like, I loved yeah. the movie. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. Not only is it my favorite movie of the year so far, it's the first movie we've seen all year where if, if it wasn't like, if it was... If I could stream it right now for twenty dollars in my house, I would have done it again already. Yeah, um, yeah. That's how much I liked it. And we took, that, you know, yeah, that's the same be because I want to see kind of a perfect version of it. Exactly. You know, and we're and we're we're set up for it. You know, mm -hmm. in our in our homes. Um, so I want to. I want. I will definitely watch it again because I want to see it on my screen and not what we saw on saturday yeah which is this isn't a i mean this is definitely not off topic because I, I feel like this is definitely on topic because the the experience that we had in the movie theater with the um the the dimly lit projection in the um uncalibrated sound that literally affected and it would affect how people would enjoy that movie because the movie is beautiful like absolutely yeah. beautiful it's like staggeringly shot and the whole time I'm struggling, I'm struggling to see it clearly. I don't feel like it's entirely in focus. Um, and I can't hear the movie. And there's some actually really interesting use of soundtrack in this movie and instrumentation that's really good. 
in in but like all I can hear is that it's so unmixed that the vocals are buried in like I know if I watch it in my house, I can put my headphones on if I want to and I can listen to it properly. Uh, and then also I can see it in a 4K uh, transfer, you know, which is like the movie demands mm -hmm. it. And not only yeah. does it demand it, I demand it for spending $16 to go and see that movie in the movie theater. And yeah. if you're going to try and sell me the experience of movies and movies are back and and like you got M. Night Shyamalan talking to you, addressing you before you go to the movies. And it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, like this is what we're, this is the experience. That is not the experience. Like that is not, yeah, yeah. you cannot, no longer, you can't sell me something that I can't replicate better at home. Like I can't yeah. replicate the, the atmosphere or the excitement that we get, you know, being like, I still feel like a schoolboy when I go to the movies. Like I love going to the movies. It's like going to church, you know, yeah. not to sound cheesy, but yeah. it is. Yeah. And like the reverence I have for the experience of it. But like, if I'm going and sitting in, in, in like a plastic leather seat, uh, in, in a theater, that's not clean. Um, when I have, um, a screen separating the rows of the theater, that's blocking my vision of the, of the, the screen. And then you're not, you're not, nobody's, there's no care and attention put into how, like, it's it's disrespectful it's disrespectful to your audience who's paying the money and it's uh disrespectful yeah. to the medium where these people spend hours and days in like months like color correcting movies and like making sure like ed the editing's perfect in the framing for these cinematographers who like frame these shots and then it just and then that's how people are expected to consume it i think it's kind of wild you know no, no, totally, totally. I mean, yeah, with the technology that's out there today that people can experience at home, the 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 theaters really need to kind of step up their game to to be able to compete with that because they're just gonna they're gonna lose money like left and right. You know, I mean, it's at, at some point it just stops making sense to go back. You know. But they're they're going to be people like us who are just going to go because they just love going. Um, but but you're you're right. I mean, because that thing is a visual spectacle. It's meant to be seen in the most kind of crispest, brightest, most clear like visual screen that there is, and um, it, it just wasn't the case here. I, I just I want I want to watch it on my on my home setup and just turn off the volume and just look at it because it's just it's amazing to look at. Yeah. I mean what what the I mean the stories that they're telling just with the color itself. Yeah. You know, just with those the the color filters and then the costumes and and the the those grand shots that they have. You know that that need that really needs to kind of be the focus of of seeing of seeing this movie uh, because it 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 is it is truly something visually that is that is astounding and if it doesn't get nominated for stuff I'll be surprised. I mean I would put it I would put it like right up there with 1917 visually right now. Oh yeah, no, that's a that's a really good comparison, I think, because I think that's of the movies that we'd seen. Obviously, we we saw that pre-lockdown, and this is before the mm -hmm. we we came up with the idea for the podcast. But 1917 is a great companion too, because I feel like 1917 was, and I might be wrong in this. I feel like the last truly visually spectacular movie I saw in a theater. Yeah, 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 I, I, I think so. Yeah, um, but like, I agree with you. I agree with you on the performances. Um, the the King, uh, King Arthur, uh, the actor you were talking about is Sean Harris. I looked him up. Yeah, um, yeah. Who, yes, I think I that guy just kills in everything. Everything I've seen him in, mm -hmm. he's just been like effortless. Yeah. I think uh, he has, it, it, obviously what he has going for him is he's a very distinct looking man. So uh, that like mm -hmm. definitely helps yeah. him with roles. I feel like unfortunately it's probably hindering him from roles because the the talent that he has, uh, he's never unfortunately going to be a leading man. You know what I mean? Because he's like very like unique <laughs> looking. Um, and yeah. yeah, fabulous. Um, the actor who played the Green Knight and voiced the Green Knight is Ralph Innocent. Um, in you are right, same guy. Um, 
if anybody is familiar with British television, they will know him from Gavin and Stacey. Um, he's also been in a, a bunch of other stuff. He's fabulous. Um, in um, another Annapurna movie, um, The Witch. Um, yeah, The Witch. Yeah, great. Um, Dev Patel, as always, excellent. Uh, Joel Edgerton, excellent. Um, Joel Edgerton, I I feel has more to give and I don't feel he gets enough roles. Um I feel like he's very, very talented, and I think he might be pigeonholed slightly. Um, um, Alicia Vikander, um, who played two roles in the movie, um, I believe it to be two roles. Um, she She's excellent, too. So, like, top to bottom cast, excellent. Performance is excellent. Um, yeah, for me, definitely my favorite movie of the year, hands down. I uh, enjoyed every minute of it. I felt I found, despite the limitations of the theater, um, I found myself vibing with the movie, and I feel like it just I like I just hit that pace. Like you know what I mean? I felt like I was like in a trance the whole time, um, which I, yeah. which I think is just like so great. So you bought in from like the very beginning, then? Oh, from the opening credits, I was in. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think it took me a little while just because of the, um, just because of the sound mm-hmm. and um, visuals. I I don't know if I don't want to say I'm sensitive to that, but uh, if there's something off, I kind of I hone in on it really fast. Yeah. And and if it doesn't go away, then that's going to be my my uh, initial experience the entire time. You know, I'm just gonna be like, oh, why won't they turn this down? Why won't they turn this up? Why, why is this? Why is this? Why is that sort of thing? And it sometimes it 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 can ruin movies for me. Mm-hmm. But I mean that sometimes that's my thing. Um, but I just I notice I notice stuff like that so distinctly. Um, but uh, I I mean definitely I would highly recommend this movie. Um, I think you should, depending on how well you know your theater, if you know your your theater can do it justice, do go go see it in the movie theater because it is it is a um, a visual treat most definitely. Oh yeah. Um, but it's it's not an action adventure type night movie. You know, it's uh, it's a thinker. Yeah, you know, for it's, sure. it's gonna it's gonna make you think about a lot of things, a lot of decisions. Um, uh, did he make the right decision? Did he make the wrong decision? Um, was it worth it in the end? Um, did, did, you know, his pride and kind of hubris get the best of him? I mean, there's, there's, it's one of those movies that you can really sit down and have a good and interesting conversation with, uh, with the person or persons that you've seen it with. Because it, it just it opens up, it, it opens up for uh, the possibility of discussion because there's a lot in there there's a lot to unpack yeah with the characters there's um, there are certain things that happen in it that you're you're like what what exactly is this creature and and how how does it kind of go back to the beginning and and kind of what's going on with the mother and you know, a lot of really interesting imagery. Um, I mean, I, I, I think they knocked it out of the park. I, 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 I just wish that it was like it was a great presentation because I think I would be in the same boat with you uh, as far as being like, you know, this is this is the best movie that we've seen this year. Um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of hold that spot until later in the year because i think i have a suspicion that dune might dune might kind of creep in there Mm -hmm. um that thing is going to be that thing is either going to be one of the most amazing things that we see or it's going to be so overhyped you know so i'm kind of i'm kind of holding off on my best of so far um because I I really kind of want to see what's what's offered towards the end of the year because we're still in in a way we're still kind of in those kind of popcorn months you know yeah summertime uh, kind of yeah that summertime kind of popcorn movie as strange as it seems you know because we're we 
we've watched some really interesting movies, but we're still kind of in that zone right now. And I think later on you're going to start getting those real those those movies that are going to start really kind of competing with each other as far as best ofs or or uh, the I don't know maybe the more serious dramas or or what could be considered you know those award movies um, and and that's not you know that doesn't change uh, how I look at things but. I always kind of really enjoy those those types of movies um, later in the year. Uh, then I, it seems that I do the the kind of earlier summer movies and definitely the earlier like January February February uh, releases, just because that that's when they just start dumping sh- stuff stuff off the shelf. And it's kind of the the notorious dumping grounds that happen in February. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, totally. I mean, like, yeah. Well, I mean, like, so so far we haven't really spoiled anything. Like, we haven't we haven't done our usual. Like, we haven't really like. I I feel like so far. Um, but I do want to talk about some things that would be like. Yeah, sure. Deem yeah. the spoilers. So. We're, yeah, we're gonna put spoiler in the description so you know what you got in. Yeah, for sure. But this is definitely the point where like we're gonna talk about some stuff. Um, at least I want to talk about it because I've really got a chance to talk with you about it um yeah so i didn't realize apparently there's a post-credit sequence in this movie um which i think is very yeah, interesting i didn't know until you kind of told me yeah um so i believe and i read this so i'm not like don't take this as gospel because this might be misinformation but there's a there's a post-credit sequence in which um a girl finds the crown and puts picks up the crown and puts the crown on something along the lines of that um i didn't read too much more into it because i'm just gonna wait until i watch it at home and then like sync that in but what's cool about this movie is obviously like uh the the with the story being in the characters almost being like in a state of flux there's a lot of room for interpretation so there's a lot of room uh to interpret what people's motivations are based around like you know what i mean you could have your own t- own interpretation of it um and what i didn't realize was um that I guess um, David Lowry, who made this movie, um, who, by the way, uh, definitely going to be on one to watch even more than he already was as a director for me. Um, and yeah. born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I'm going to like him because <laughs> he was from Milwaukee. Um, but um, there's um, he basically blended um, a couple of different versions of the Green Knight um, poem. So there's a couple of different legends regarding the Green Knight, and he's kind of like he's kind of like taken parts from one place and taken parts from other, and kind of made like a hodgepodge, which is really interesting um, because um, there's an interpretation of this movie. Um, so when uh, Dev Patel's character, uh, Sir Gawain, um, he comes before when he gets to the end of his quest, when he's going to find the, the chapel uh, to repay his debt to the Green Knight one year after to the one year anniversary of when it happened. Um, he actually, uh, he, he, he comes across this, like, it's like a huge big manor house or like a, almost looks like a castle. Um, and then he gets taken in by, um, a, a gentleman who looks like some kind of a lord, um, the, his wife and, uh, an elderly woman. And then, um, there's like a, it, almost like a series of challenges that take place, um, and obviously because I wasn't aware of the uh, the context of the the poems, I just I kind of read Joel Edgerton's character as um, a gay man, like a, just a homosexual guy who was living in uh, yeah. a, a Roy. It's crazy how I interpreted this movie. What do you think about it? Um, <laughs> that he was like um, living in a, in a in a in a fruitless marriage with with somebody, and he obviously I read him as being somebody who was just like. You know, like living with this woman, but they were in a sexless, um, but not a loveless marriage, but they were like almost like medieval swingers, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy because it turns out that according to the the the, the poems, um, there's an interpretation that he, Joel Edgerton character, Edgerton's character is actually the Green Knight in that this is a, a series of challenges and basically has this challenge where he goes hunting every day and he, and he brings Dev Patel home, um, like whatever he catches. And he goes, the deal is I'll give you anything that I catch, but you have to give um, anything that you win 
in in the house. And he's like, well, what do you mean by that? And that's why he kisses him, because basically he wins a kiss from um, Joel Edgerton's wife. So he has to repay whatever he gets. And it's a challenge in a sense to see how like straight up this guy is, is like, are you going to have sex with my wife? You know what I mean? Are you going to be like, yeah, is that the kind of person that you are? Because the whole thing's about this guy um, discovering or like trying to become noble, trying to become knightly, trying to become pure in like, um, this, this challenge is like, the guy's like a fuck up. He's a screw up. He's drinking, he's partying. He's not like, <laughs> he's like, he's not a real knight. He, he's not even a knight. He's just like, but he wants to be this noble, um, noble person. But like this challenge is him trying to like, am I capable of doing this? And I guess at the, in, in the end of the movie, it only gets to the very end when he actually has a realization. And he's like, no, like I can't go out like this. You know what I mean? I want to be a stand up guy at the end of it. So yeah. the, there's an interpretation that the Green Knight is actually Joel Edgerton's character in that the mother who was blindfolded, that's a witch. And the witch is um, some character called Morgan Lefray, who historically, supposedly, is Arthur's, tw- uh, Arthur's sister, evil sister, yeah. who's like a... Yeah. And, and so the... The theory is, is that she orchestrated this whole thing as a challenge to Arthur and as a challenge to his, um, and to Guinevere, to scare Guinevere and to challenge Arthur in the, the purity of his knights. You know what I mean? Which I think is pretty cool, mm-hmm. which obviously I wouldn't have gotten. Um, me just thinking it was just a classic swinger setup. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how many people are going to do the legwork on that, you know, before they go see this? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, that some people are going to watch that scene and be like, what am I watching? What's going on? Yeah. And not not really kind of prepare for mm-hmm. for the that that scene and the and the whole uh, like kind of subcontext and everything that's going on uh behind the scenes there um i i mean i i i don't know i don't know unless unless you're like crazy about uh like british lit and medieval poems yeah which some, i don't i, guess I don't, some people I don't really know yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i do think that there's a i i i still think that i prefer my reading of the movie um Regardless of like how I've learned to change my reading of the movie from reading the source material, um, I kind of like mm-hmm. I kind of like the way I thought the movie flowed, um, and I also in my head I envision and we mentioned this when we were af- after the movie when we were hanging out, um, at least I mentioned it that I I'm fascinated into the alternate take of this movie, um, the take whereby so we know um, his like nat- naturally cowardly um, kind of like bratish boyish behavior um throughout the movie but i am also interested in the alternate reality version of this where the green knight comes and then he basically immediately steps up to the challenge you know he immediately yeah, yeah. and like he is everything that everybody thought he wasn't um so the, how the movie would play differently you know what i mean like where like yeah. uh, which i think would be fun i think it'd be really fun to see him not be not be this kid who's like um trying to find himself and being unsure of himself but like this somebody who just everybody has wrong and he's just like a tall badass um i, th- yeah. I think that'd be yeah. really fun um but obviously that'll never happen unless i make it yeah <laughs> there, there you go yeah, wh- there you which, go there's your challenge yeah right, right. There. um yeah um <laughs> i still feel yeah like i i love a lot of the touches i i love how you can read you can read whatever you want into it you can read like why is alice uh alice Vikander playing two characters like what is the relationship between the girl that's clearly his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie and then joel edgerton's wife like uh, is that the same person is it like a uh like is that like part of the test where she's presented back to him? Yeah. Like um, I, I love yeah. that. Is that like a is that the projection that he's thinking of? As maybe it's presented by the the uh, the blind lady, the the elderly blind lady. Is she kind of projecting his his thoughts into whoever that person is? You know. Yeah, because it's like a, she's like she's like a version of his girlfriend that theoretically you would be able to marry because obviously as it turns out in the alternate sequence that plays out um, when he initially does return from his meeting with the Green Knight that he 
she gets pregnant and, he, and he, he, they take the child from her, but they, he can't marry her because he's a king now. You know what I mean? And she's just like, I'm yeah. guessing yeah. like a prostitute or just like, you know, just like a common working, working class scrub. So he can't, she's not from the bloodline or the breeding. So you can't, you can't marry her. But then, so yeah, the, she could be, um, the, the, the version of her that's living in this house, who's like a beautiful princess and she's all made up and she has all of the accoutrements of like wealth and nobility. Like that could just be like, she, the, the witch might be conjuring, um, his fantasy, um, but like in a way that he can like, you know what I mean? Relate to, which I think is pretty cool too. Like that reading of it, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which I think's like super cool. Um, the, um, the stuff with the giants, like, um, the, the the whole element of it being like this long, huge long acid trip, you know, because if it vibes like it's very druggy, you know, the movie. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love that about it. I love how like, like, you could you could go with a group of ten people and see this movie, and like, ten all ten of you might have totally different opinions on who's who's the fox. Is the fox his mother? Is the fox not his mother? Um, is yeah. is you know is the fox the green knight or like you know what i mean so on and so forth um you could just read it a million there's different a, ways yeah there, there there's there's really a lot of different ways that you can kind of dive into it to, and and really kind of go deep in the weeds on it and that that's just going to make everything so much more better for seeing it you know um i mean you can you can watch it and just kind of visually experience it and then and then step aside from it or you can really kind of go deep into it and get into the original text and and get into real some real kind of scholarly uh uh dives into it you know yeah uh, because all the tech i mean i'm sure people have written their their uh theses on on uh this and uh an interpretation of, of the uh of the poem and stuff like that so there's a lot of stuff out there that you can really kind of get into with this movie and it's in every it's in every medium so uh, it's it's very it's very easy to kind of immerse yourself in this world and definitely get something out of it oh yeah for sure like i i would recommend anybody if they listen to this podcast hopefully after you've seen the movie um if you didn't like the movie if you loved the movie regardless of why you came down on the movie like you, you i guarantee that the the source material and the the variations of it and the um interpretations of what the green knight represents are fascinating and they're very very fun and it's like and it doesn't take the like it doesn't take a long time to find this information there's so much information out there on the internet about this but like i would highly recommend uh, looking it up and reading about it because not only do I think like at no point does any of that any of that like um, investigation or any of that like learning that you're doing diminish any of the movie at all it doesn't at all if anything it just makes it no. like it just makes it even more interesting it's like you're giving like you've been giving like this like um like a puzzle and there's all these little pieces of the puzzle missing and like you can have fun just filling that puzzle in however you want and then like interpreting Absolutely. however you yeah. want. And it's like, it's, it's great. It's great. Um, so for me, the green Knight is my movie of 2021 so far. And I think, I think it's going to take a lot to knock it off for me anyway. That's a bold statement. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. Like I, <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to see next. Um, or what's next on the agenda. If we might, hopefully we get to the theater this weekend. If we don't, then we could like, you know, we could go through some back catalog of movies or like find an interesting older movie. But like, as of right now, the green Knight, in my opinion is the best movie of 2021. That sounds like a winner to me. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I think that we don't have long left on our recording time. So, um, is there anything you would like to recommend Eric or anything like you've been catching up on? Uh, there's nothing I've really ha have, dove into recently um i have i've really just kind of been collecting a couple movies and and i need to kind of sit down and and get into them um basically i, I bought a, like 
way too many criterions <laughs> that I, it's almost embarrassing to talk about. But uh, I I need to kind of sit down with those. I, I bought like a handful of black and white movies, which I've never done before, or you know, kind of all at once. So um, I'm really kind of interested in and in getting into those. I think I got uh, the Asphalt Jungle and uh, the Gunfighter, or like a old silent uh, German movie called Vampire. So. I'm probably going to get into those hopefully this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Um, I haven't, um, I haven't finished anything. I've started watching a few different movies, um, since last time we saw each other. Um, I've been kind of working my way through the Pelican brief again. Um, which is one of those movies like that's right up my alleyway, you know, Denzel Washington, anything I watch him in literally any movie. Like I would say you need, you need to watch uh, Devil in the Blue Dress. Then I know if that, you if you yeah if you like the No Sudden Moves. Yeah, I do, uh, and it's d- yeah, you definitely. Well, it's funny because I just I just finished editing our No Sudden Moves podcast, and um, you were talking about it, and like that's a huge blind spot for me because I haven't seen that, and I've seen more or less every single bloody movie he's made, but I haven't seen that movie, which is wild. Yeah, you definitely need to watch that. Yeah, one. Um, so. Going back through the Pelican Brief, which is fun. Um, and then I also started, um, there's a new movie just came out on Amazon Prime with Kate Beckinsale in, and it's like an action movie, and it's called Jolt. Um, and Stanley Tucci oh, yeah. is in it. Yeah, I've seen advertisements for it. Yeah, yeah. it stinks. It's terrible. But um, <laughs> I'm actually having a lot of fun with it, like a lot. I think it's kind of jarring to me to watch Kate Beckinsale um, with a act normal accent in a movie um and not having a, a different accent because like it's very jarring because i like i keep forgetting who she is um and if anybody's yeah. anybody like is about my age in, in british you will know who she is she's a, actually the daughter of a, um, a famous actor who killed himself um so i always like there's always like i always think of him when i think of her um but like hmm. yeah it's um he was in a, a british tv show called porridge um you know it's very beloved uh tv show based in like a prison um so it's kind of like a like a sitcom based in a prison and he was like the the second lead character um but um so i always think of her like i always think of him when i think of her but um the movie stinks so eric it's it's shocking (laughs) it's so it's so bad it's so bad but it you know you know me well they they always gotta make a bad one so yeah for sure for sure but yeah um that's about nothing really to recommend, in other words, from me. Um, yeah. So I guess until next time, um, thanks, thanks everybody that's been listening. We we've had people listening in. Oh yeah, Germany. Yeah, we yeah we really appreciate it. Yeah, whoever's you know? listening to us in Germany, if you're still listening to us, thank you. That's pretty cool. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Um, we should say that we do have a, uh, a an Instagram. That's movies last night. If you are if you are listening, just uh, comment on some of the uh, some of the pictures and let us know kind of what you think of the review or what you'd like to hear. Yeah. Um. Or your your opinions. Um. Anything is always welcome. So it's just it's uh at movies last night on Instagram. Yeah. Easy peasy. Um. Definitely do that. And like to in British Columbia is listening to us too. <laughs> yeah. Hit us up. Um. <laughs> we're we're blowing up. I guess you know. Well, we're not, we're not really, but um, yeah. So th- thank you to everybody that's listened so far. And our average playtime for some of the episodes is like 48 minutes, which is pretty good. Yeah. I expected it to be like I think so, yeah. two minutes and people be like, nope. <laughs> done. Yeah, I'm done with this shit. Um, so thank you. And uh, we've been working, I've been working hard to try and get the audio quality better on the episodes and um, editing and um the intros and outros so it's all a work in progress and things are going to keep changing as we get as we uh continue to like fine fine tune this and get it into like a well-oiled machine where we can just drop and you get like the same level of quality every time so uh thanks for sticking with with us while we're doing that too yeah thanks guys okay well thanks eric um and until next time uh you have a great evening yeah you too okay bye